Welcome to the True Tales by Disability Advocates, authentic voices of people thriving with disabilities, where individuals use the art of storytelling to change the world. True Tales by Disability Advocates podcast is produced by ArtSpark Texas Speaking Advocates Program. Keep listening to hear how life's challenges can spark a desire to speak out and to advocate for ourselves and others. You're listening to Episode 3 of True Tales by Disability Advocates. A team of disability advocates creates true tales to give voice to the personal stories and lived experience of disabled storytellers. We offer our unique and often underrepresented perspective to the growing community of podcast listeners worldwide. This episode of True Tales, titled Community, Faith and Inclusion, investigates the meaning of inclusion. You'll hear how legal protections of the ADA, although important in terms of accessibility, fall short in terms of making us the inclusive community we need to be. Everywhere these days, we see places promoting their commitments to diversity. Schools, businesses, dance studios, even churches, which is great. But the truth is, without an awareness of what it takes to be truly inclusive, their disabled members won't feel that they belong. Our storytellers, Gay Love and Marielle Abrams, bring us stories about the power of an inclusive community and the loss of a community that's not. The host of Community Faith and Inclusion is Command Alagaban. Command is from Austin, and she has autism. She's participated in many speaking advocates trainings over the years and is a member of the True Tales podcast working group. She is an athlete, and she's also a member of the Executive Committee of Special Olympic Athletes Leadership in Texas. Our first storyteller, Kay Love, is a psychotherapist who discovered the power of meditation and mindfulness to regulate her seizure disorder. How this spiritual practice runs through her life and her work is revealed in her story, Faith and Inclusion. It is a call for awareness and action in all faith communities and a call to us in our daily lives. Marielle Abrams describes herself as an artist and a beginner blogger. In her story, Prom Night, a community comes together to make sure two friends can share the experience of their prom with their peers. We believe that everyone's life is enriched by the inclusion of multiple voices, and so we have been training storytellers for over 20 years. True Tales by Disability Advocates harnesses the power of storytelling to build community with peers and hopes to develop empathy in others. This episode is a wonderful example of our passion to include stories from folk across disabilities and how they all count and what we all have in common. We are so glad you have chosen to take time out of your day to gain insight into the experience of these three very different women who are all committed to being inclusive and who are actively changing the world around them. Welcome to the True Tales by Disability Advocates. 
the podcast where we change the world one story at a time. I'm Kamada Lagavand, and I'm your host. Our storytellers this week tell stories about their experiences with inclusion, faith, religion, and community. Our first storyteller is Caleb. Welcome, Kay. I'm so glad you could join us today. Hi, I'm so glad to be here with you and have this opportunity to tell my story. So, Kay, before you share your story, can you tell our listeners how did you get started with the Opening Minds, Opening Doors program, and what it was like to write and tell this story? Uh, Yes. And I was a member with the actual Lives Troupe at VSA before they were ArtSpark. And when Opening Mind, Opening Doors started, it was after uh, that actual Lives Troupe had ended. I found ArtSpark or VSA when I was seeking resources for child clients in my psychotherapy practice and did some volunteer work with children and was encouraged to participate. Then I saw a couple do an autobiographical sketch about finding a child to adopt while they were using wheelchairs that really inspired me to get up on stage and tell my story. And so having had that experience, I was excited to continue with OM and OD after after actual lives had ended. This story was exciting to write because of the culmination of finding my sense of purpose and the purpose of my ministry. And so I am very excited to to share this with our audience. That's great. I can't wait to hear your story. I'm Caleb, and this is my story, Faith and Inclusion. What if, after years of being part of a beloved community, developing close personal friendships, enjoying programming that nourished you by leading to a better understanding of yourself and provided meaningful opportunities for service, you woke up one morning and could no longer access all or part of that community? A congregation I belonged to had moved to a new building. At previous events, since churches are exempt from the Americans with Disabilities Act, I would call the church secretary and let her know that I would be bringing my own lights. Fluorescent lighting causes me to have confusion, anxiety, nausea, and can even trigger seizures. I arrived late to the class and decided that I would wear my blindfold until there was a break to allow me to set up my lights. A collection of lamps that I had I kept in my trunk for such occasions. The next day, I received a call from the minister telling me how rude I was to expect them to change the lighting. I was told that I was disruptive to the class and had unrealistic expectations. Furthermore, that I had prevented the leader from having the accommodations he needed and that I should just wear my blindfold in the future. I should mention that the class was being taught by a man who had both a mobility impairment and a visual disability. His brother and sister were there assisting him. The brother insisted that we go ahead and set up my lighting at the beginning of the class that I was late to, and I was very appreciative. I was devastated by what felt like rejection by my congregation and experienced a wrenching sense of loss. 
When I attempted to return, I ended up walking out in tears. I was no longer able to listen to the minister's message of inclusion. Access to spiritual or religious communities has been shown to be an important part of well-being for those who participate. Many people develop skills in leadership, hospitality, and other forms of service within their faith communities. This can lead to helpful connections to community opportunities such as employment and education. Service opportunities are an important component of developing self-worth and demonstrating competency. Theology that sees the disabled as a one-way service opportunity misses out on a much larger reward. It is sad that the most challenging place I have found to advocate for myself and for other people with disabilities has been my church. So, if your congregation is important to you, you want to make sure it is there for you. If loving others through service is important, you want to make sure others can take advantage of the spiritual nourishment that your community provides. If assisting others in their personal spiritual transformation is important to you, then you want your community to ensure that those opportunities are accessible physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to all. It is not required by law. It is required by love. Welcome back. I'm here with Kay. Kay, thank you for sharing your story with us. I appreciate this story because it shows so clearly the importance of following your heart and staying true to yourself. Many people would have given up on their faith, but to continue to stay and advocate for yourself. Tell us about how this story inspired you to return to school and earn your third master's degree. Yes. After this experience of feeling excluded by my own congregation, it made me realize that pursuing my longtime desire to receive training in ministry would put me in a position to help other congregations with facilitating inclusion for people with disabilities. And I had been looking at seminary options for some time. I've been interested in interfaith ministry, but it had never been clear to me that the focus of my ministry could be related to finding inclusion in faith communities. And I'm now an ordained minister through the Interfaith Temple of New York after earning the degree of Master of Religious Studies in a program focused on interfaith ministry. Isn't it amazing how sometimes our most difficult experiences can give us the push we need to make big changes? In a way, they make us brave and can bring us the most incredible gift. Absolutely. 
So not only do I have my own experiences of disability to draw on, I've seen many people who have had experiences with disability that have led to amazing spiritual transformations, whether they were mobility impairment or cancer or whatever. There's a lot of transformation involved in dealing with limitation. Exactly. So what is it you hope to accomplish in your ministry? Right now, I am in the process of developing a focus group or some some resources to help me with starting a consulting practice for congregations. I want to facilitate inclusion of people with disabilities, not only to help congregations to be accessible to new members, but to help um, established members stay and maintain their engagement when they have an experience of disability apply the knowledge and experience I've gained through job coaching to help individuals with disabilities have a job, career consulting. I've worked in special education and I'm really excited about what I know that can help like Sunday schools be more inclusive. I've worked as a social worker and a psychotherapist. And so I really want to help churches to develop physical accessibility, accessible volunteer jobs, accessible education, accessible employment opportunities, and most importantly, inclusive theology. I want to help them offer alternative narratives for people with disabilities because a lot of interpretation of scripture around people with disabilities has focused on the negative aspects of that instead of seeing it as an opportunity for spiritual growth. That is so true. That misunderstanding has meant a lot of good-hearted, kind people. We have heard those they were trying to help. Exactly. I have one last question for you. What is it you hope others will take from your story? I hope that they will learn to pay attention to the needs of others in their faith communities and advocate for full access to all of the experiences that are available there, regardless of someone's disability. I also hope that they will take initiative to stay engaged in their faith community when they have an experience of disability. And if their community is not accommodating after they try to advocate for themselves, I hope they will find another instead of giving up. And I hope they will recognize that there is grace and growth available in the experience of new limitations and resist the urge to isolate and feel abandoned. What a gift that would be. Great chatting with you, Kay. Thank you for spending time with us and thank you for the good work you're doing. It's amazing how advocating for ourselves becomes advocating for others and can change the world. That is a powerful message. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and tell my story with you today. I will be providing contact information that you can access in the show notes. Stay with us for a second story from Muriel Abrams, who shares her story about her prom night and how she made that night not only special for herself, but advocated for a friend to be included as well. 
Welcome back to True Tales by Disability Advocates. Our second guest today is Mariel Abrams. Welcome, Mariel. Before you share your story, Prom Night, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with opening minds, opening doors? Hello, thank you for having me. I am Marielle. I like art, music, and writing. I started in Omad in high school back in 2013. That's great. I can't wait to hear your story. This is my story about prom night. I saw a picture not long ago to of my friends and my teacher at prom and I all of us were being happy and smiling. My friend comes from a very, very conservative family. Her parents didn't approve of her going to prom. My mom, teachers, and principal had to work together to get my friend to prom. It took a village to convince her family to let her go. They are very protective, strict, and conservative. My teacher called her parents and told that she'd be the chaperone. Also, the school bought her her ticket. My mom promised to pick my friend up and take her home no later than 11 p.m. Also, the vision and occupational teachers said that they would drop by to during prom night in case my friend needed anything. The principal found a dress for her that was long and covered up. My friend's family believes in dressing very modest. The teacher made alterations to her dress. They also made a corsage. During the prom night, everyone was very happy to see my friend there. We all had a blast. The prom theme was disco night. They even had two disco balls, great dancing music, and good DJ. All of us danced all night, even my friend who not supposed to dance. 
she danced a lot and had a great time. At the end of prom night, while we were eating dessert, my friend and I were laughing and talking about the people we saw, the prom dresses, the dancing, and how happy everybody was. Then my mom came to pick us up, and that was when my friend said, I feel like the Mexican Cinderella. The funny thing is that my friend almost lost her leopard shoe more than once that night. Marielle, this is a sweet, heartwarming story. Thanks for sharing it with us. My prom night was unforgettable as well. Although, I didn't feel like Cinderella. I was very comfortable dancing with my friends and had a great time. Senior prom is an event that happens once in your lifetime. It happens right before you leave school forever and really, it should be a rite of passage for everyone. Do you have any special advice for the parents to prep their kids for prom night? It is okay to be protective of your kids, but not too much. They need to experience the important moments in life. That is so true. Muriel, it seems like you have a very kind and supportive mother. Do you have any other good memories with her you would like to share? My mom lets me be me. When I was 12, I told her not to buy my clothes. Since then, she always lets me dress the way I like and trust my fashion sense. I love style. And Tashton, now she asked me for advice. Great chatting with you, Marielle. I hope your story warms the hearts of our listeners and inspires them to do what it takes to include everyone in all their fun social events. You're welcome. I had fun. Thanks for listening to the show. Our show was hosted by me, Kamanda Lagabond. This episode is edited and mixed by Miss Boy and K Love. Special thanks to our guests, K Love and Muriel Abrams. I also would like to thank Brittany Sessom for producing. I'm Kamanda Lagabond, and you've been listening to the True Tales by Disability Advocates. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All 
episodes of the Trade Tales by Disability Advocates are free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This program is funded in part by a grant from the Texas State Independent Living Council, the Administration for Community Living, and individuals like you. To learn more about the Speaking Advocates program, sign up for our newsletter at artsparktexas.org. That's A-R-T-S-P-A-R-K-T-X dot O-R-G. This free virtual training program is open to people of all disabilities, no matter where you live.